Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. It's a show that brings you all good things football. A pot of two halves. With the three wise men of football, Tom Woods, Michael Carden Edwards, and the bitter toffee himself, Lee Collard. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves, the footballing podcast that brings you all good things football related. And of course, brought to you from our partners at the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the weekend, as we are here to give you some insight into the games that are going to be piquing our interest over the over the weekend, as well as maybe a glance at the old fantasy football as well. And to do that, I of course welcome in the boys, Mr. Tom Woods, Mr. Mikey Carden Edwards. Mikey, I went to you first on our last pod, given that you had some technical issues in uploading our pods that never got put up. <laughs> Don't worry about that. So, Mr. Woods, I'll go to you first. How are you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Looking yeah. forward to the weekend? Uh, yeah. Like, it's good to have actual football back again, right? Like, um, I, I honestly... No. <laughs> said the United fan. Uh, <laughs> look, it's, um, it's nice to have football back. Yeah. Chelsea kick off at lunchtime. My weekend could be fucked by the time we get to three o'clock on, on Saturday, which is never, never a good thing. Do you have a bad record in the weekends? Or have I made that up? As in, as in the early, early kickoffs. The early kickoffs for a time were a bit of um, a, a poison game for the favourites, right? The favourites all went in and just basically weren't doing much. But it's Leicester away. I don't think we've got a great record there, but I don't think we've got a terrible record. I think we draw a lot of games. Could see it being a draw again, to be honest. Okay. Mr. Mikey Carden Edwards, the man that's currently on mute, but now taking him off mute, so we can now go to him live. How you doing, buddy? You good? I'm fine, mate. I'm absolutely fine. I've calmed down after last the last episode. I have taken some time away to reflect on my conduct, and um, <laughs> yeah, you'll be you'll be getting a much more of a calmer Michael on this show. Until so I'm guessing week. you're not talking about Manchester United Watford. Well, about to say, no. mate, because well, no, that, that'll be safe for next week when they've got humbled by Watford, just like Everton were, before you get it in there. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is it. Yeah, um, I, I feel that we've, because obviously we haven't had a pod since the stag, so that no one heard the story about how um, we, we, we ultimately got to the stag. Me, me and Lee flew together from Heathrow. I had a two and a half hour journey across London from Langdon, having originally planned for a nice hour-long journey to to City Airport, uh, BA shifted our flights um, to to Heathrow, which was fine, and we all met there, and we all got off, and we walked. Then we we walked to to the the well, we got on a bus first, and then we walked to the hotel. And I remember kind of like feeling like Lee Lee, Lee was kind of have had an air of optimism about a potential upset at Stamford Bridge. You know, Norwich going there, maybe upsetting the apple cart a bit, and then obviously seeing that Chelsea uh, didn't only. 
not get upset, but also drubbed Norwich. And worse, more was that Money Mace came up with a hat trick as well, which just yeah. compounded things further for Lee. Anyway, it's okay. It's okay. That, that dream's gone. It's, it's, it's in the past now. So we're doing the scavenger hunt, which, um, you know, didn't work out well for us, whatever. Um, and we Fix. kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> some nonsense has happened here. Um, we kind of getting back to the hotel and Everton are winning 2 1 against Watford. So Lee's like pretty chipper. And then it's kind of. By the time we walked the stairs at the hotel, and we'd gone to go get our, <laughs> our keys to get into our hotel rooms. All of a sudden, Everton losing 5-2. Uh, and, and Lee's less chipper about things right now as we all start thinking about what songs we're going to sing on the karaoke. And we obviously proposed. We're like, hey, you know what we should sing, Mike? We should definitely sing Elton John. We should definitely sing That's Why They Call It The Blues, right? That's what we should have done. And, and Lee didn't see the funny side. He definitely didn't see the funny side the next morning at about 10 in the morning when we were watching Match of the Day talking about the standard of Everton's defending. Uh, with a hangover with as well, listening to you boys, hangover. just <laughs> laughing away at my expense. But that being said, Lee, how much did your mood improve by the afternoon? Obviously, we got to sit there and watch uh, Tottenham humbled <laughs> by West Ham with a load of... Spurs fans, that was wonderful. Um, and then furthermore, furthermore, we obviously then got to watch the uh, the annihilation at Old Trafford. It was a saving grace for me, mate. I'm not going to lie. I do, I do feel that um, it's not that I'm not going to say Mikey took it well. I just kind of feel that what I learned from the United fans on the day was that they're so far gone with Ollie that they just started laughing. What is it? Manically laughing about how bad things are. You know, kind of if they've just been dragged so far, it's no longer, there's no frustration here. It's just kind of like, well, obviously we're losing 5 0 at Old Trafford with Paul Pogba sent off. This is obviously what was going to happen. Spent a year, we spent like two years, mate, and I've said this a million times. You turn up to watch the game every week, and obviously turn up to the stadium. I don't go to the stadium. What do you think I am? Um, I'm a plastic, I'm a diehard plastic. You know what I mean? I watch <laughs> on TV like everyone, like all the other fans. Um, you know, you watch the game and you kind of sit there beforehand and you have no idea what you're going to expect. I have no idea what, what to expect from this team. We could be winning 5 0 at half time. You wouldn't have a clue. Losing 5 0, fine. Yeah, that happens. It's another day in the life of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United. And it ain't coming away anytime soon. So, yeah, just fucking roll. The mad it. thing it was. At the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. It's football. The mad it? thing was, because obviously we stayed up a couple of days actually, didn't we, with each other? And it was a great time because we managed to ditch off all of the other lot. Um, we, 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 we played a lot of FIFA which is great me and Mikey uh, sweet sweet vengeance over the port loving duo of uh, Hannan and Jackson finally putting that delicious to, to rest um, I think we won a fair amount of games mate in the end uh, no surprise but yeah um, you did mate and you were giving yourself each other's like cheesiest of high fives all the time you're like yes well done get in there let's have a little fist bump now in front of all the boys you know to make them really annoyed i.e. me <laughs> Yeah, but oh, I can't defend. How do you defend, defend them this game, <laughs> mate? Mate, FIFA's bollocks, mate. You can't defend them. It's it? a great night, no, like legitimately. It's a good. I think defending on there is probably the best version of defending, to be honest. Because I think if you're clever, you you just move, maneuver your player into position. Go, thanks for the ball, Lee, and then we move the ball upfield. <laughs> no, it's all about holding the X, mate, and just letting you know the computer do the rest, mate. And once that's taken away, spamming X. It reminds me the defending on FIFA reminds me of. Um, 
the defending that Jackson did many years ago against Lee Collard. Oh, where ah. it was oh. the anticipation was there every every step of the way. On FIFA, you just have to anticipate where the player is going to go and position your defender in the right position. Cut off the passing lanes. Go put them in the pocket. Keep uh, and, I see, and keep I see. the guy in the right position. Put, Whereas you see, I, on, and, and Lee obviously doesn't really <laughs> like that style of defending too much, having fallen afoul to it many years ago in person when uh, one of our regular uh, guests on the show Matthew Jackson had him deep square in his pocket and um, I see yeah. what you're doing Mikey you're trying to get a rise out of me man you're trying to get a nibble just because but- you lost some episodes and I've had a little <laughs> time with you and had a little little Josh with you you know having a little little bit of a laugh you, I see you now you're getting your revenge on you. the the thing the thing is as well with um uh, what I was getting back to was we spent the Monday and Tuesday kind of keeping a track of what was going on because we were like there's no way this dude's keeping his job right he's gone and obviously Fab was busy uh, saying yeah Conte's talking to United now it's all kind of gonna, this is this is all speed ahead it's like or he's done and then by the time like it kind of you could get through Monday you're like ah nothing's been said yet uh, maybe, maybe it'll come tomorrow maybe maybe they just got to and then kind of getting through Tuesday it's like wait a minute He's going nowhere, is he? They're actually going to keep a man in the job after losing 5-0 at home to their biggest rivals. This is actually happening. I couldn't believe it, mate. I couldn't believe it's it. It's now three weeks later. He's still in the job. And, um, yeah, it doesn't look like there's any t- sign of it slowing down either. So there you go. I appreciate it, Mikey, that you've chosen not to go with United. I haven't. Nor you would. Because, yeah, exactly, because we've spoken about Oli enough, mate. But would you have selected Liverpool-Arsenal, which is yeah. an intriguing game? An Arsenal team that you've bigged up on the last, on the last pod. You've done a complete flip-flop. You know, I have, I have flip-flopped. That's, By that's the way, what... Mikey, I wanted, to, I wanted to say this on the last pod. You know how we have timestamp, you know, the 26th of January for you, you know, when you said Oli in? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Remember this date, mate. The date that Woods was calling that, you know, Arsenal are, are doing the right things. They're on the right trajectory, mate. They're on, they're on the right path. Yeah, just remember this, Mike, okay? You right. remember. But we'll, Woods... we'll easily remember it because it's the show after Remembrance Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll dress up in, uh, as, a, as a poppy mascot, you know. <laughs> Would say Arsenal... Yeah. It's a credential check for them, right? Let's 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 call it what it is. Um, Mikey has there's an element of um, truth and fairness in what he said that that Arsenal have played probably a more comfortable schedule, right? I think they're on a ten game unbeaten run at the moment um, since losing their first three games of the season against Brentford, Chelsea, and uh, Man City um, without a lot of their first team players, and admittedly running into a buzzsaw against. Brentford on opening day away, first time fans, new stadium, etc., etc., and then the European champions, ding, and the Premier League champions um, were uh, next. And then since then they've they've been able to kind of get it back together. I think Arteta's uh, been able to stabilise them defensively. I think they look like a good unit defensively. I think they look difficult to play through. I think the the game that really stood out to me was against Leicester, where I think they kind of held Leicester to. Uh, sort of half chances really there was nothing clear cut coming through and obviously that was the game with the the, the save by Ramsdale which was a good save um, way overplayed because he managed to tip it onto a crossbar and everything looks better when it hits the crossbar etc also full extension we spoke about that save <laughs> the, artic- the, 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 the Athletic wrote an article on it which still I, I don't understand how that gets an article but 
this is an opportunity for, for Arsenal to play against a team that I think they've got a pretty torrid record against since Klopp's been in there. I think Klopp scored, or Klopp hasn't personally scored, but I think they scored like 33 goals in 11 games against Arsenal or something mad like that. So this is a team that they've um, historically, at least recently, really struggled against. But they are playing against a Liverpool team without Bobby Firmino. I think that Mane's a doubt. I think Henderson's a doubt. And I believe that Andy Robertson's limped off tonight again. So this is a team that are potentially going to be a bit short-handed. I don't know if uh, there's any risk of Alisson not playing. I know that there's been issues with players going on international duty to South America. So that's not something that I'm too clued up But This is not a full-strength uh, a Liverpool team that they're going to be playing against. Um, so they, they, there is kind of an opportunity. The door's slightly ajar for maybe Arsenal to come and kick it down. And it's it's going to be fascinating. I, I, the reason why I'm interested is because, you know, I, 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 we've said this throughout the season, when these, these teams play, it's an opportunity for to find out who these teams really are. What are Arsenal really? Are Arsenal genuinely going to be a top four candidate this year as I did say on the now lost episode of uh, Pod of Two Halves where I, I said that <laughs> them and Tottenham are in the race for that fourth spot. This is a good chance for them to be able to go out and show that. Or are they basically what Mikey thinks they are? And that is uh, paper tigers, right? Are they? Is it all for show and all for you know nothing ultimately? So these games tend to be quite entertaining as well, right? Usually Liverpool, Arsenal, there's usually goals. And also, like, I think the thing is, people talk a lot about Ramsdale. I think Ramsdale's got a lot of plaudits. A lot of Arsenal fans have been very high about Ben White. Um, you know, Love Island Benny, his by all accounts, been a, a solid <laughs> hand. Is. A solid hand at the back. Um, I can't say it's not so, it's something that's particularly stood out to me uh, from watching them. But by all accounts, he has been um, really good, especially when partnered with Gabriel. And I think that, that partnership... Um, works pretty well because Gabriel is a front foot defender who's willing to put his head on and Ben White is a defender that doesn't like to put his head on anything. But this is going to really um, be something for that duo to be uh, pressed up against. They're playing up against the world's best footballer in Mo Salah. So uh, we're going to learn a lot more about Arsenal this weekend than I think what we would have done over the previous 10 weeks. I couldn't agree more. Mikey, would you like to add anything on Mr. Woods' game of choice for the weekend? No. No? Okay, then. In that case, then move on to your game. Who do you want to talk about? Well, I've got Brentford and uh, Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle are at home, so I don't know why I said Brentford first. bit strange. Yeah? You're looking confused, Lee. What's wrong? Me? Sorry, I think I think I'm out of sync. It's weird because I'm like, not gonna lie, like your mouths are moving, but there is. You know what's bizarre about this is because you're not out of sync. Yeah, you're you're fine. You're mate. fine, mate. The problem is, is Lee's about to hear all of these words in about ten seconds time, and then he's going to respond now. Yep. There you go. So <laughs> you can see the problem. <laughs> I don't know how this has happened. I think, it's, I, think, I think it's catching up. I think I'm in. I think I'm normal. If you start talking, Mikey, I'll know. Hello, how are you doing? There you go. We're, we're back in sync now, so please carry right. on with your By chat. By the way, we're going to keep we're going to keep all of that because I can't be bothered to, to edit it out. So, right. I have Newcastle versus Brentford. That was just a little cheeky behind the scenes look there. How we do things here at Pod of Two Halves Towers. So, 
So, Mikey, you want to talk to us about Newcastle Brentford? And I want to know why. I do, do Newcastle Brentford. I don't talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer ever again. So, Newcastle Brentford is a very intriguing game. Okay, you think I was going to go for the United game? I am not going for that Newcastle Brentford game. There is a police car outside one of your windows. Who lives oh, in the ghetto? That would be me. Okay, I'm in London, mate. Okay, cool. There you go. So then, right, Newcastle are currently 19th with five points from 11 games. Now, unfortunately for Newcastle, they've got five of those points from draws. So they've got five draws. They haven't won a game yet this season. Brentford are 14th with 12 points from 11. They have won three games. Now, spoiler alert, I ain't talking too much about Brentford in this. This is very much a Newcastle-focused preview because they are, for me, the intrigue. This is where the intrigue lies. Newcastle are coming off a fresh, off a one-all draw away at Brighton. But more importantly, have brought in big Eddie Howe as the man to steer the ship. Now, he's got quite a big job in his hands. I'm explaining why... He's got the job on his hands. Is he a big man, though? Look, when when I think of Eddie Howe, I think of him as a small man in stature. Fine, <laughs> fine. Thank you for interrupting. No worries. Um, look, Brentford are obviously coming off a crushingly shit 2-1 loss at home to Norwich, who are shit. Um, but then Norwich drew with Brighton, who drew with Newcastle. So what on earth do I know? Right. That's, that's the key thing out that you should take out of this. I don't know anything. But I'm going to try and talk you through it. So... Goals aren't actually Newcastle's issue. Let me be very clear on this. They have scored just over a goal a game so far this season and have actually put the ball in the old onion bag more times than Spurs have. Yeah? How do you like them apples? They have, however, and this is where the issues lie with old Newcastle, they've conceded 24 goals this season in 11 games. 24 goals in 11 games. Name the team that's conceded more goals than them this season. Norwich. Norwich City. And there you go. And they are currently foot of the table with Newcastle, the team above them, above the foot of the table. That tells you where the issues have been for Newcastle so far. Um, the problem here, the problem that, we, that Eddie Howe has is that in his first, I think, two seasons in the Premier League with Bournemouth, they averaged 51% possession. This is a man who's never wanted to stifle the opposition. This is a man who always wants his teams to go and play some good football. The issue is, is that Newcastle don't need to be playing good football. They need to stop shipping goals and get some fucking clean sheets because scoring goals isn't necessarily their problem. This is, this is an issue here. This is why I feel he's got a bit of a job on his hands. Now, up until he gets to January, when all of a sudden the floodgates can open and he can start spending some of that delicious blood money, they are playing... Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United and Everton. They're playing those teams before the transfer window even opens. Now, however, what is Eddie Howe's gimmick, boys and girls? Who wants who wants to answer? Attacking football. No, no. His gimmick is the shock result. Loves the shock result. Does he? Over the five seasons he was manager at Bournemouth, he beat Man United 2-1, Liverpool 4-3, Chelsea 3-0 away, Arsenal 2-1, Chelsea 4-0, Spurs 1-0, Man United 1-0, Leicester 4-1, Chelsea 1-0 away again. He beat Chelsea three consecutive, <sighs> consecutive, is that even a word? Consecutive. Consecutive seasons. He beat Chelsea hmm? in three consecutive seasons. 
And as I mentioned, he obviously beat them 3-0 away at the bridge whilst playing some mad 3-4-3 formation. So he isn't, he's prone to bringing up the goods with a shock win. He's going to need one, two, three, four, five of those shock wins here because Everton, you know, let's be clear about that's going to be a mad game because of Benitez anyway, right? So, but that would be a shock win itself. So that, he needs six shock results here, really, because he needs to be... He needs to have points on the board for January because he doesn't want to get to a point where uh, like, he'll need to essentially figure out what he wants his Newcastle team to do to get those clean sheets, to maybe get some stability in that team because otherwise he's going to get to January just completely adrift. And it won't matter what type of band of mercenaries they manage to sign in January. They're not going to be able to save them. And are those bands of mercenaries going to want to go and play in the championship the next season? Um and another issue here is that obviously Eddie Howe is known for his attacking football, his delightful football at times at Bournemouth. They were a quite an entertaining team to watch at times. In uh, each of his five Premier League campaigns with Bournemouth, they conceded between 61 and 70 goals in each season. That's not a uh, particularly watertight team. In uh, his final season in charge of Bournemouth, they faced an average of 14.7 shots each match. That is not the recipe for a watertight defence against relegation, especially when the team you are taking over have already conceded 24 and have the second worst goal difference in the fucking league. Mm. Do you see the picture I am painting at you here? Eddie Howe has got a hell of a job on his hands because they need to reverse the fortunes of their defence. They need to continue scoring the goals that they have been doing because they are averaging over a goal. They, are, they don't have too much issues when it comes to scoring, but they've got to get this right against a really fucking hard rogues gallery of fixtures. As I said, Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Everton before the January transfer window opens when he can then dip into this fucking pool of blood money that he's got and Scrooge McDuck his way to getting some fucking signings to help them in the second half of the season but by that point they may already be far too adrift to even save it it's a mad fucking it's a mad fucking game and games against Brentford that he's got at the weekend are humongous humongous I say humongous can, can I ask a question on Eddie Howe like given obviously everything you've said on top do you think it's going to be an issue that the player, like basically Eddie Howe wasn't even first, second or third choice for, for that Newcastle job. He's got to win those players over as well. And everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, they've got the Callum Wilson who he had at Bournemouth. But do you think that plays a, or do, it would be a big factor in terms of that he was like fourth or fifth choice essentially? Um, I don't really know. It's hard to say how players are going to feel about someone like that. Um One of the more surprising things for me, well not surprising actually because Auntie Bruce was a lovely man, but... You know, Alan Sankson-Maximin was devastated that Bruce left. You know, he um, put a, a couple of really heartfelt messages on social media about him. Um, I don't see that Newcastle team being one full of, you know, mad egos and things like that. I think if he, they've been putting up with Benitez football tactics, coaching, training, which by all accounts is a miserable experience for footballers to have to endure. Then they've had to put up with Steve Bruce, who, lovely man, but let's stick a bunch of guys behind the ball. Then they've had to put up with this fucking... Who's been the caretaker boss? 
Oh, no. Graham something, I want to say. Yeah, it's some, something or other. But he's been playing a consistent 5-4-1 formation or a 5-3-2 formation since he's been there. So, like, they've been playing this dour negative football the entire time. I do think that um, Eddie Howe coming in trying to maybe be a bit more expansive, being a bit more imaginative in those training sessions will probably be well-received by a large number of these players, to be honest. Um, so I don't think that's too much of an issue. The issue that he has is that Newcastle can see goals and he's not a manager that shuts up ship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they need to get all this right before January because otherwise if they don't, they're fucked and they've got a really hard fixture list coming up. Okay, to put you on the spot then, not only the prediction for this weekend's game, but also then those run of games up until the new year, do you see them picking up many points or do you see them being in a position where basically they're out of the relegation zone? No. So then kind of answer your question in, in terms of uh, are they going to be then to be able to attract the players that, you know, the calibre of players, they're going to take them out. No, dude, I called it weeks ago on the show. I think this is going to be an absolute unmitigated disaster. I don't think they have a hope in hell of getting out of this. I think they don't, it's like you can't just throw money at a, at a club and expect them to be good. It doesn't, that's not how football works anymore. It used to work that way to a small degree. You can't do it anymore. Teams are too savvy to it. Opposition managers are too savvy to it. Tactics are more a part of football now than they've ever been. You can't have Roar of the Rovers teams anymore. You could go and buy, you could go and spend 300 million and put all these players in there. But if they don't have a way of playing or an idea, it's going to be a nightmare. And I don't think, with all due respect to Eddie Howe, that he's going to be the one necessarily choosing the players that comes in either, which is going to be a huge problem. So it takes a long time to get this shit right. And I don't think doing it in the middle of the season in a team that's 19th that need points on the board is really the the best way of uh, potentially mm. preparing for it. I am I, worried for Newcastle, but I'm not so worried because it's also really fucking hilarious. So, you know, there you go. I think Eddie Howe's a short-term thing for Newcastle. I think they'll reassess their situation at the end of the summer. Right, but, he um, keeps them up. I, I, I'll go back to Mikey's point. I, 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 I agree, Lee. I, I don't think he's a long-term answer. I think that he's, that he's a short-term situation there. But surely, like, short term is stay up. That's it, right? Simple as. Just mm. stay in the Premier League so come next May, we can basically start putting the things in place. So I've heard Demonalo, who I think would be a great appointment as, as a kind of director of football role with his record at Chelsea with the the players like Lukaku, Couture, Hazard, etc. coming through there. Um, like, you reassess that in the summer, but right now it's about Looking at your negatives, which are costing you points, that is, we're far too weak defensively, and then going, we need a manager. Now, the problem is they they thought they did get the gun. To be fair, Unai Emery has got a reputation of being able to stop teams leaking goals, right? But they failed. Like This is why like um, they went to him. That was the right guy to bring in, but they weren't able to sell him the vision. Now, I don't know what's happened there. I don't know if maybe he went... How cold is it in Newcastle? I don't want to go there. I don't know what's happened. I, I kind of feel that whatever they did wasn't sufficient. It sounds like Emery was like, they have not sold me a pitch. And that, maybe that's because they were like, oh, yeah, 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 no, he, he's a load of money. Come in and do this. And then never gave an indication of what's the long-term project because Unai Emery isn't part of our long-term vision as to where we want to go. Maybe that's what happened there. But I just kind of, I'm perplexed by the Eddie Howe appointment. If I was a team that had a weak defence and was fighting relegation, Eddie Howe would not be near the top of the list of hires. Agreed. 
I do think is a relatively amateur view from from Newcastle and the way they've approached things. Um, well, it's mad, isn't it? Right, this, they've had time. Mm. This is not a we haven't had time to kind of get this together. They've had time, and they've mad, this, this this is the best solution they came up with. I, I'm I'm dumbfounded by the appointment. I really am. I, it's a great it's a great opportunity for Eddie Howe. Don't get me wrong, like Eddie Howe's onto a winner here, really, because uh, he was getting no kind of significant jobs, and the Newcastle one is a significant job at this point because of the finances attached to it. But like Newcastle, like I, I'm just baffled by this appointment, and and they may well be dragged down, and then they can be the richest club in the championship. And I think the thing is, nineteen other clubs will happily wave them off. Right, they're going to really find it hard going because I think every game they play this season, um, everyone's going to want them to fail because they've got to find tough enders. Right, January they've got to go find some centre halves. Who are you going to find centre halves? You need centre halves that are Premier League ready, which means you're going to have to go basically knock on the door of other Premier League teams and go, "Can we have your centre half?" And they're all going to go, "No, closed door." At least frozen. So I thought he was just contemplating what you said there. Evidently not. Deep in thought. Um, he was deep in thought. Is there he is. back? He's back. I'm back. I'm back. Holly. Sorry. That was strange. I, I was like, trying to wave frantically his... that I lost you. I was like, oh, he's taking his time thinking about that one. I'm just going to let him ponder that for a second. You know, every show needs a, need, needs a break or so. Um, look, I'm just going to say, what, what, I, put, I put together a lot of fucking stats and research there. And uh, you guys seem to be not really paying much attention to that. So give me some credit. That's all I'm saying. No, we were paying attention to it. It was. I'm it, still furious mate. from the last show. All right, I've still got a lot of pent up <laughs> energy. Like I say, I, f- I feel that you put your points across well because they were like Bournemouth were dreadful defensively. They were dreadful. I look. My answer to the prayer of you, right, Lee? You put me on the spot in terms of um, Newcastle. Um, I'm I'm pretty out there with it. I, I think it's going to be a disaster. You mentioned Woods that the the appointment of Eddie Howe is just done. I I I wasn't really looking at it as the appointment of Eddie Howe is bad. I'm looking at it. Well, this is the job he's got, and it's going to be a very difficult one for him to do. What do you think is going to happen this season with them? Like genuine cards on the table. What's your prediction for Newcastle? I don't. F- there'll be relegation zone by the time January hits because they've got an awfully tough run of fixtures. I don't look at their squad and believe that they've got character in that squad to be willing to fight a relegation battle. Um, and I think that they're going to find themselves in a legitimate scrap because the thing is, what it comes down to is, are there three teams worse than Newcastle? Because that's all that matters, right? I think it also comes down to the fact, you mentioned is the team got character to fight it. Those players, if they do fight it, are going to be sat there going, if we, uh, I'm just going to continue, fuck Lee, he's gone. Yeah, he'll be back. Uh, it, he's, they're going to sit there and go, if we save this team from relegation, I'm out of my ass. We get, we're getting replaced. Yeah. That, and that's a big problem. You've got a squad of players that all know that you, you can spin it one way. You can go, oh, they're all playing for their future, right? Well, they're, they're not because they're all definitely getting replaced, right? They're all getting, all getting replaced. Other, other than St. Maximin, they're all gone. getting replaced. So if yeah. these guys dig down and save this club from relegation, it doesn't fucking matter to them. So why the fuck should they work? The best hard? way if you're going to get them to dig down is when you go into that dressing room. Right, and you go each of you a million pounds for staying in the Premier League. That's what you, I, I think. That's what they're, they're going to have to sort of do because I completely. No one knows the complexities of what that dressing room is right now. 
because there'll be so many players that are just going to be so concerned about their long-term prospects of playing at that club. Yeah, I completely agree. I reckon Lee, you're, 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 you your back? guy's Torrance in porn again, isn't he? He's Torrance in something. I don't know if you can hear me. I'm say, saying I've got one out of Would five you, yeah, con- connectivity. But uh, I'm, I'm struggling to listen to you boys, but I, I'm sure you had some good Eddie Howe chat there. Or have you moved on? I don't know. Where were you up to? No, no, no. We were, we were finishing kind of like the Newcastle chat. I think that, that, that Eddie Howe, is he a personality that can kind of build camaraderie in a dressing room that's definitely not it's not even going to be divided it's going to be bereft of sort of uh, commitment to the cause because the cause is going to see them out on their ass mm, what is. a really tr- this is why this 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 takeover had to happen in may right it had to happen yeah. at the start of the season and happening now is a nightmare well the fun thing now for us is that lee's going to have to talk for his game <laughs> Very good point. This should be fun because this could go anywhere. Well, I'm due to sp- talk about Spurs leads, but I've got a funny feeling that you're going to have to probably finish off or definitely fill in at some point. But um, hopefully you can hear me well. So I'm going to talk about some Spurs leads. Um, yeah, the reason why I picked this game is uh, well, essentially it's Conte's first home game um, or in the Premier League uh, for, for Spurs. And we spoke before about him having a sort of a drab start at... Um, in an away game to Everton and yeah I'm, I'm just intrigued to see how it all plays out with Conte up against a very exciting but sort of not doing very well lead side so I think it makes for a, for a very interesting game um, and yeah that's kind of I'm not going to I'm not going to lie I've, I've not done any research into it I'm just going to wait for the weekend and I'm going to watch it um, and that's pretty much it <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch man <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what can I say? I look, think it's look, um, well even better now. Woods at least got his fucking fantasy football corner to do now, so he's gonna have to test that into even further. Just still on leads. Having a sneaky, terrible time of things, right? It's I, I, know a bit under the I think it's because uh, we all like Bielsa. Mm. He 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 crouches and speaks Spanish. I'm gonna say is what the Argentinians speak. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I, I, I don't. Is I, I think there's an element of um, we'll romanticise about Bielsa a bit too much to criticise him, and I think it's also because we're like, well, he definitely turned it around because he's a good manager, right? Like this is not going to continue this trend, and I think that Leeds have struggled with injuries, and they'll get it right. Fascinating matchup, Bielsa Conte on the touchline will be fun. Right, if anything, that that feels like. What well, is uh, one of the joys of having like, Conte back in the Premier League? Just have watching it against Everton last week or last time out. Like the antics, the the passion that he shows is uh is, is it's almost like a sideshow in itself, and actually probably more enjoyable to watch than than Spurs themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, Harry Kane's like back scoring goals. What has he scored seven in his last two England appearances? So. You know that 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 shows that he's still got the magic touch in yeah, front of goal. Yeah, and if goal. Spurs were playing Ross County and fucking, you know, <laughs> South End United for the next couple of games, I'd say yeah, he can translate that forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, goal scorers need that goal scoring confidence, and I think that putting the ball in the back of the net will help him with that. To be fair though, he, he's been we'll doing that in the Europa, whatever it is, the Conference League. He's been doing that all season. It's yeah, just not I, translated. I guess Mike's point is yeah. Mikey's point still stands, doesn't it? He's fine doing it against Ross County and Southend United in the Europa Conference League, but uh, when it matters against Leeds, is it going to happen? Um, 
It's, it's an interesting stylistic matchup. Um, Conte will obviously continue with how he plays the game, and Bielsa will continue to play his. I think it's a fun game. Is it the half four kickoff it as is, well? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's got the prime time spot on, on Sky Sports, and I think deservedly so. He's already switched up as well to a back back three with wing backs. He took his little. He took a time, didn't he, when he uh, came into Chelsea? I think it was like three or four games before he implemented yeah. that. He's gone straight into Spurs, and that's what he's done. Yeah, he, he waited to to get spanked by Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, I remember the game vividly, and then I do remember the. F- 13 game winning streak that came afterwards vividly as well so mm. I'm just I'm just uh, interested well we mentioned Kane I'm, I'm, I am intrigued to see if he can get a tune out of him I know what you said on the last pod that if he does it's almost like Kane is a, he's in a no win situation because and then proves that he, you know, he was he could have done that when he was under Nuno or just failed it to just show it just shows up. that he phoned it in right he just phoned it in he's been phoning it in and now it's like oh I'm going to start playing again now, and it, 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 that that is a character flaw of sorts. I do believe that to but be the case. But the character case. of Conte wouldn't allow that, so he'd, he'd have no choice. Well, th- this is it. I don't know. He didn't have a choice. This is it. I, I feel if if, Con- uh, if Harry Kane continued to mope around dreaming of Man City under Conte, he wouldn't be playing football. Mm. I think he said he he is the manager that once said that he'd sooner kill someone if they basically half-assed training. Uh, this is the person that we're talking about. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he would or wouldn't kill Harry Kane, but he might. <laughs> well, and that's enough, I think, to light a fire under Harry Kane. So. Well, Conte's going to see, you know, the, the full passion that Kane gives. You know, like, come on, boys, we can do this. Fucking come on, yeah. So he's got that to come. <laughs> let's fucking, let's fucking, Christ, <laughs> fucking, fucking do this. <laughs> Um, so yeah, maybe if he does light a fire with Kane, then you know we can um, we can see Kane scoring goals again, which kind of leads us nicely onto a bit of fantasy football because Ooh. ultimately Kane is a fantasy football hotshot that you know over the last few seasons and this this season in general, strikers have, have have not done very well in the game at all, and Kane obviously being an obvious one where I think he's only scored one goal. Um, however, before we start on strikers, I did want to have a quick chat about. Old Yao Cancelo. Now I believe you boys, you've got him in the in your teams. Is that right? Yes. I don't have him in my team, and to be honest, I've not had a look at the old fantasy football for a good couple of weeks now, given it's been in international. Um, so I decided to have a look, and he's uh, basically his hot picks. He's like in the old, all over the fantasy football homepage in terms of he's the one to get in. I haven't got him in. I feel like I have. It's essential that I, I start to make these moves now because before I get, I think it's too late. I think he's the highest scoring goal um, defender now in the in the Premier League. Hasn't even scored a goal yet. So basically, he's racking up clean sheets, uh, assists, and bonuses. So yeah, um, very much. I am now going to be getting involved with a bit of Cancelo, and he starts off with a nice, easy, plump fixture against Everton at home. So clean sheet in the bag, and probably at, um, attacking output. So. If you haven't already, that's that, that would be my shout. I think other than Everton this weekend, they've also got a pretty decent schedule after they've got Villa, Watford, um, Wolves, Leeds and Newcastle. So Bloody hell, is that the next yeah. run of games? So and and to be fair, when it comes to Man City, and I've mentioned it several times before, and there's it's Pep Roulette. I'm always very cautious about Man City players, but Cancelo pretty much seems to be a mainstay in that team at the moment. And um so yeah, that's that's where I'm going. I did want to quickly also speak about strikers. Obviously, um, spoke about Kane before. 
Kane is, uh, is, is an interesting one. He's going to be one that I'm going to monitor. Essentially, with our pod of two halves football team for fantasy football, I've already brought him in. I brought him in when he was at 12.1. He's already up to 12.2. And I think some people are taking a gamble on him early and going for the Conte knock-on effect that he's now going to score goals. Um, he's very much one that I'm keeping in, in mind. Bearing in mind that Spurs' yeah, Spurs's run of fixtures is Leeds this weekend and then they've got Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, which looks pretty tasty. And whilst we scoff at, you know, Kane scoring goals against, you know, Albania, San Marino, Ross County and Sheffield United, they are some pretty good plum fixtures as well. So I think if he if in the next two games he, he bags some goals, I'm very much going to be looking at um at Kane. Woods, I don't know if you're with me, but I've noticed that Lukaku is now back in training. He is back in training. He will play this weekend. He's going to be playing, is he? So this this, this is another sure. premium striker that I feel like we need to keep a, an eye on. Um, as I said, like you know, the the strikers are not been performing well on the game, and I feel like this could be potentially a turn, especially with Lukaku coming back and Kane with a decent run of fixtures and Conte. Hopefully, well, I say hopefully. I don't know if I want. Hopefully, in terms of fantasy football um, perspective, looking to to start banging in the goals. Um, I've got Vardy in my fantasy football at the moment, out of form, hasn't scored in his last three, or he's not got any attacking returns. But again, there's a favourable um, run of games coming up in Watford, Southampton, Villa, Newcastle. So I think it's very much I'll keep hold of Vardy and make changes elsewhere in my team, i.e. Cancelo. Um, but with a, a, a strong eye on to see if Vardy changes around his form, and if he does, great. Then I probably won't have to make any moves. But if I, if he doesn't, then I think I'll be looking at Lukaku or Kane, and hopefully I, I suspect one of them two will start producing. So yeah, that that is where I was looking at captain picks. I I've generally I am I'm a little bit of a loss where to go this week. We've mentioned Cancelo and. It's always I always feel like it's a bit risky going for a defender. However, being that they're up against uh, Everton, I think a clean sheet is likely to be in the bag. And I think if he if he's got through the international window unscathed, that's where I'm going to go. You could look at Salah. I know he's playing against Arsenal and Arsenal, that team that have been in a sort of decent run of form. But as Mikey said, you know, scoff at that. You know who Arsenal who are playing against? Essentially, Salah. He's, he's been scoring goals pretty much all season. But again, in the last two, no attacking output. And he's 70% ownership. So maybe this could be a week where you could look elsewhere for maybe a slight differential. Um, I spoke about Kane. Kane is at home to lead. So on the back of his decent international um, games that he's had and the run of goals that he scored, could be could be one to, to think about as well. Um, but I think if you want to play it safe, then I think look no further than a Man City player Probably Cancelo because he's shooing, but if you would want to take a gamble, maybe you can look elsewhere outfield, i.e. maybe a De Bruyne or even more so maybe maybe a Jesus. But yeah, boys, you got any thoughts on where you're going with your fantasy footballs? Uh, I'm going to sit this week. I, I I'm I'm conscious. I want to get Kane in my team. And then you just basically reeled off the fixtures that Vardy has after this weekend, and I'm like, oh. see, this is what I mean. I think it's very much watch Vardy, see if he gets himself back into form. He usually doesn't go that long without scoring goals. No, no, because I mean, I I feel that, and apologies, Lee, I feel that um, 
<laughs> Every time I put a player in, they turn, they turn to shit. And I put Vardy in probably about three games ago, which is why he's gone dry. Uh, I am the, the kiss of death uh, on these you players say this, this Woods, season. You say this, but I noticed a, a certain someone's crept up the league. I mean, I, I don't know what to take away from that. I kind of feel that maybe we're the only three. I think there's four or five players that are actually playing. I think there's, That's I think probably, there's a couple more that are actually languishing down down in the upper lower end of the league. That there are more because a lot of the people that are in our league are friends of my brother-in-law, and they all actively play. Oh, really? They just really, really. Be- they should listen to the <laughs> <Yes>. podcast for <laughs> God's sake. Like, I mean, ultimately, we're, there's no secrets here. Look, I, I, I've I've gone heavy on my backline. I didn't think I would ever be that guy, but I have. I've got Cancelo, I've got uh, Trent, and I've got Reese. I've got all three of them in my 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 team now. Um, because they're just playing teams that don't concede too many, especially Reese James and, and Cancelo, and their attacking output of all three of them is exceptional. And it, it's my, just... my, the issue that I've had is that I missed. I think it was two weeks because I just did, forgot to do my bloody team. Classic mm-hmm. fantasy football curse, or not the curse, but the irritants that I have. Where it's like, oh look, it's a Friday fucking kickoff. Brilliant. Didn't know that. And I had two weeks where I didn't make, I couldn't make any transfers. Didn't choose my captain, and it just it sunk me. Mm. Just what you mentioned, but it's tight. It, it, it is, is tight. tight. So you me- nice. you mentioned it's, it's, it's Woods about having like a heavy backline in terms of premium defenders. Then we've spoke a lot in the last few weeks on this section of the show in terms of uh, having sort of budget midfielders other than Salah or to support Salah. Mm. If these these premium strikers start to come back into play, have you got oh, no. room? <laughs> Can you manoeuvre these in? Kai Havertz is key. He's coming out, mate. Um, to be honest, if I was to make a transfer this week, I think I'd probably look at Kai. Kai came in when Lukaku got hurt and it's sort of semi-gone okay. It's not quite paid dividends. He got one and two, didn't hoped. he? basically played in that. Yeah, he, he did okay. He did okay, but it wasn't like the scintillating form that uh, you'd hope from a player who scored a winning goal in the European <laughs> Cup final. But um, ding. Got to get in again. That's, that's, that's my one for the... <laughs> Every week. But um, I, I have, I think he'd be the one to come out. Salah's going nowhere. Um, and I've got Rafinha and um, and Smith-Rowe in my team. Mm, Smith-Rowe Smith is like... a good enabler. Very, very cheap yeah. and you can make room for, for other more expensive players. Just on Salah, do you think he's, um, he's going to produce the goods against Arsenal this weekend? Arsenal looking, as you say, quite strong defensively, a blight against... Shoddier opposition, yeah. but Liverpool also looking a bit weak across across the pitch with a few injuries. Yeah, it's going to be. I, I, you know what? I wouldn't. <laughs> it's tough to say because I could see Arsenal making it difficult. But on the flip side, like no one really slows Mo Salah down. I know that you say that his attacking output over the last couple of weeks isn't been um, as high as is, is that right? I mean, I hadn't really been paying that enough attention. I just assume that Mo Salah keeps. He scoring does goals. until the last couple of weeks, now. and then he's gone. He's gone a bit quiet. I think he might have picked up an assist over the t- over the two games. Yeah, he got an assist in both both games against Brighton and um, and West Ham. I he'll be playing on the side where so he'll be going down Arsenal's um, left left hand side where Tavares or Tierney. Um, Tierney will be playing Smith Rowe plays in front of him um, so I don't think they'll be getting much cover or much help there uh, which will then probably put him in a position to be um, more isolated in, in situations I, look I'd never bet against Mo Salah 
Uh, that being said, when you said that Kensal is playing at Everton, I'm like, mm. but this is this is the risk, isn't it? You want to chuck right. in a defender as captain? I'm putting him in. He's, 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 he's going because... in the team, and then it's whether I chuck him in as captain straight away. That's I don't know if that's one one step too far. Would I would I bet against Mo Salas? I mean, I just wouldn't. I, I feel it might be overly bold and overly <laughs> stupid, but I, I, I like the idea of a differentiator. You keep talking about these key words. that These are new words to me. I've never really used the word differentiator <laughs> until this, this season. Like, uh, I'm learning. Well, right? mate, I I'm think learning you're learning too well, like, mate, because I'm concerned because we do this pod now or because we do this section on the pod. You're now on the ball. You're, every, every week you're making transfers. I know. It reminds me. It reminds me to do this. My, my biggest problem is what happens is uh, we do the pod. We talk about it. I then make a substitute on a Monday. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but occasionally it has happened that by the time I get to Friday, Saturday, that said player is now hurt, Romelu Lukaku. And I then basically get frustrated and then make free substitutions because I'm now annoyed about things. And that cost me 12 points. Uh, was it worthwhile? Probably not. But I felt better about things afterwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> fair enough. Mikey, do you have any final thoughts on any fancy action that you'd be doing over the weekend? No, no. It's gonna play your no. cards close to your chest. I see. Well, no. It's just that I'm looking at my team, and I, I, it's, it's difficult to know really what to do. I've got James in, I've got Cancelo in, Livermento's in. Uh, the, the issue that I've got is my fucking goalkeeper is out, which is really Yeah, annoying. for those who've got Sanchez, I think a lot of people, he was a very popular choice. He is now done. That was annoying. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's annoying. Really, really annoying. I mean, I've got, do I have, I don't even know if I've got any money in the bank. I've got 0.9 million in the bank, so I could maybe get the better goalkeeper in maybe but it's just it's just annoying when I brought Foden in he did very well my my issues I had is that my strike line scored five points between them last week and that was St Maximin Antonio and Ronaldo big old pile of nothing and I've got Ben Rama who dipping now he's dipping in form he's dipping out now a bit and I've been sticking with this Fucking Troy Ore for all all year long, mate. And he <laughs> Sorry, what? Given me no, you haven't. Yeah, I have, no, yeah. It's just, he's been one of those guys that I just haven't. He's never been a top of the agenda. Oh, to, to get, get out. Yeah, so he's just you basically I mean? survived he, because he would be out if I hadn't. If I had done my team those two weeks, why didn't? <laughs> and now I'm just playing catch up, basically, which is very very. Cristiano I'm feels good this week, now. right? Watford. What? for what it's worth Cristiano stays in one more week for me they're a bigger fish to fry as a question mark um, I'm looking at the league at the moment It's there's 10 points from me in fourth to John Dunn in top so like and Woods is on 703 I'm on 700 Lee's on 709 it's, not it's all to play it? for like yeah. I, I genuinely thought I'd be further, I'd be worse off at this point so I'm you know I'm doing I'm alright I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic <gasps> But for me, like Foden bringing him in, that was a. I mm, was very happy it's with his returns. a good move. Although part of the whole Pep roulette. Pep roulette. Um, that's another problem, high yeah. point from from the Stag weekend, and obviously we haven't discussed was the fact that I scored 122 points whilst away on the Stag, which is my highest ever. Oh, you did. Points you return did. in yeah. a non-double game week, so I was very happy about that, and then subsequently followed that up with two like you know 14, 50 point weeks, which is then sort of just brought it all back down to earth I was uh, actually looking well I think I broke into like the top 100,000 for the first time and then that's just gone way off so yeah bad times but um yeah 
in that case, should we look to, to start wrapping things up and say our goodbyes? You happy with that? Perfect. Absolutely. As usual, give us a like if you enjoyed the show. Give us a follow and, or subscribe and you know, you'll know you know when these pods are dropping. Give us a follow on Twitter if you want to engage with Mr. Woods and his ever strong opinions on all football things that are related or mattered. I saw it. Look, I've got to bring there one up. Go. Sorry, mate, because you mentioned this. Um, I saw what I thought was the dumbest thing I've ever seen put on social wow. media. I saw some guy liken Raheem Sterling style of play to Bruno. <laughs> that is to be fair. When you said it's going to be the dumbest thing on social media, I was like, "Well, this is going to require something, mate." And I was he being serious? Replied, "I yes, because he put a whole thread of videos, including. Do you remember the goal where uh, in the Camp Nou where Ronaldinho ran over John Terry? Like he just basically bounced off him, floored Terry, and spanked it past check. Like he he generally put a thread of kind of like these things together. I'm like." Hmm, this person didn't watch Ronaldinho, did he? He's probably in his teens now and he's watched highlight videos and he's come up with the idea that Raheem Sterling, who's basically back post poacher, that's all he is, right? Let's not dress it up. He's a back post poacher in a system. Is plays similarly to one of the most expansive, extravagant footballers of all time. I couldn't understand it. Anyway, I tweeted after this, just basically, uh, there's a, there's a uh, Twitter page which is called Bad Football Takes. And that's what I did. I just went at bad. I had someone reply going, was it a bad take? And I'm like, yes. Sorry. Oh, what? <laughs> that's painful, man. Oh. I can't. And I'm like, it's because we are, we're so old now. We're so old that people generally grew up. But we're... we're and didn't see Ronaldinho play. But that's all I can eyes. assume. You said that if they watch Ronaldinho's <laughs> highlight clips, it's literally nothing like I ever see Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling is... They're kind of like, oh, he's, it's the way he runs with the ball. Nope, nope. The technique. No. Like Raheem technique. Sterling is constantly chasing the ball. He's chasing the ball because it's getting away from him. Bro, bro, I, I just, I, I can't. Why is people so fucking dumb? I, I just couldn't, I couldn't. I've never seen Sterling pull off a flip-flap or a elastico ever. No, I mean, that's because he can't, right? He can't. I, Raheem Sterling is a lot of things. Ronaldinho is not one of them. <laughs> I, I just, honestly. Michael's flabbergasted here. Honestly. Ronaldinho can strike, could strike a ball yeah. cleanly as well. That's, that's the key. He like, scored mad free kicks. Raheem Sterling can't do that. I just... I've just found it. I've just found this thread. Are you fucking kidding me? Woods, can you do something on Twitter to like bring this to our... our yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like... Because uh, I, 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 it was a City it was a city fan that replied and I was like, I, I, you know what? I just can't. I just don't understand how, how this, anyone has watched this guy. This is why you're in charge, Woods, of Twitter because you have the patience. I, I, I wouldn't know, even know where to begin or how to reply to that, you know, without probably breaking my phone or smashing up the MacBook or whatever, because I'd just be like... <laughs> the thing is, International Week brings out the worst in people, so you have the classic uh, Drogba's shit, Vardy's got a better um, football heritage than Drogba, yada, yada. And we got, it's the same every... Rooney gets dragged at this time. We have all of the... Because basically, no one cares about international football, so all you end up is these tribalistic morons talking about... Um, stuff that they don't know about because they didn't live through it. It's as simple as that, right? 
I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I never made the link prior, but watching clips, it's so clear Sterling took inspiration from Ronaldinho. It's not just in his dribbling movements, but here are two clips of typically unusual actions that a Ronaldinho fan would internalise. What a load of shit. Unbelievable. What's he on about? It's incredible, isn't it? Like, I, I just... I just don't know. I just don't know. Lee, Lee's so upset about this that he's left. He couldn't. He couldn't basically deal with this anymore. Um, I've seen a lot of bad things on the internet, and like generally, that I just couldn't. I just don't understand. Wow. Okay. Cool. Well, that's, well Lee's gone. It's probably time for us to go as well. Then I need to go and digest what this, this thread. <laughs> <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Raheem Sterling, Incredible. Ronaldinho. Yes, we are two of the same. Incredible. Well, on that note, yeah. Yep. Um, Arriva Dirty. Yeah. Arriva Dirty. <laughs> <laughs>